Okay, so if you've been here, you know that Pastor Mac has been talking on a collection call here for this. Somebody say here for this. And, and there, it has expanded for a little bit, and God is talking to us week after week about what it means for us to be here for this, for the kingdom of God, for the work that he's called us to do, for miracles, for healing, for salvation. And today, uh, my sermon title is Heaven is Open. Amen. <sighs> oh, man. Who wants heaven to be open over their life? Heaven is open. It's not a question mark on there. It's a statement. Heaven is open. And I believe that heaven is open for you. Heaven is open for me. And the people of God in the book of Exodus experienced that in a completely different way. I think we get to experience it today in a different way as well. But let's jump into the book of Exodus chapter 16 verse 1. I'm going to read 1 through, through 3 uh, to start off. And we've been talking about the people of God. We, st we started talking about Joseph uh, and then the people of God, how God delivered them from Egypt. And we are in this point where they just went through the Red Sea and God made it so that their enemies were completely destroyed as they were following. And so I don't know if you've ever been in a place where you thought there was no way out and all of a sudden God did something greater than you expected. Here we are at this, at this point right here. Then the whole community of Israel set out from Elam and journey into the wilderness of sin between Elam and Mount Sinai. You know where we're at now with those uh, geography buffs here. They arrived there on the 15th day of the second month. And then it says one month after leaving the land of Egypt. There too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. God, thank you that we're not leading Israel. But there too, they complained about Moses and Aaron. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you brought us into the wilderness to starve us to death. Man, when I read that, I'm like, what an ungrateful people. I mean, the Bible says that it's been one month since they got delivered from Egypt. One month since they, they saw the plagues and the wonders and the signs of the almighty God. Things that could not have happened without God being involved. One month. And they're complaining. And they're whining. One month since they saw the, 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 the people of God being delivered, since they, since they experienced the people who were oppressing them, giving them everything they had. One month since God gave them more than they could have ever wanted. People who were slaves, God delivered them. One month since the, since the, the, the parting of the Red Sea. One month, what, in, during this month, they were walking during the day with a cloud that covered them from the sun. And at night, there was a pillar of fire to keep them warm. One month experiencing, seeing miracles. And yet, they chose to do what? To complain. My question to you this morning is, how long since your last breakthrough? How long since your last breakthrough did you begin to complain? How long since God already did what he promised that he would do? And now, all of a sudden, you're complaining in a different state, in a different world. God already did it. 
You were asking God to, to set you free, and he set you free. You were praying for favor, and he gave you favor. You have, you have prayed for a new job, and he gave you a new job. And now you have forgotten what it was not to be blessed. And you've forgotten what it was to be back there, back in Egypt. You've forgotten what it was to not have your wife love on you because you failed her. You forgot. You asked God, God, would you, would you allow her to forgive me? And, and, and God allowed that to happen, and now you forgot. You get home and everything's not the way you expect it to be. You forgot. Here's the thing. We get used to being blessed. And there's nothing wrong with getting, being used to being blessed. I, I, I am blessed. God has blessed me tremendously, more than I can think of. And, but I, I'm, not, I'm not just like complacent in the blessing that God gave me. I am thankful for the blessing. And I'm expecting more blessing because he's already promised it. But here's what we do. We say, God, would you give me a job? You pray for a job. You come to church on Monday night. You say, God, I need a job. God, I need a job. You get the job. And all of a sudden, I got no time to go to church no more. I got this job. It's important. And I'm like, boy. I, you know what I wish, Pastor Mac? I wish God would give us, a, just let us choose who gets it and who doesn't get it. Imagine that. No, God is, he's, too, he's better than we are, man. Forget that. You don't get no job, man. I already know you're going to stop coming to church. Man, we get the job, and, and we complain. You know, a few years ago when Abdelis was, I don't know, four, five, maybe, when we went to Disney World, we took it to Disney World. She was three. Oh, my God. You know, now that I'm going to share this example, I realize my wife knows all the things. I should have asked her. I thought she was five or four. But now at three, you know, it's, it's reasonable. But I, I took it to Disney World, and we're, like, excited to be there. We get there, and, and, and you know, we're there. Anybody been to Disney World? Yes. It's a line. It's really not that magical. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's really, it's really not that magical. We're there. We're in line. And the whole time, my daughter is complaining. The whole time. But I'm like, we're in Disney World. You wanted to be here. She's like, oh, I'm tired. I don't want to walk. And somebody else that was in the group said, I'm cold. So I had to go in there in one of the stores and buy a jacket. That was overpriced. <laughs> and a little bit later, I had to go into the rental place and rent a stroller. And almost the whole time we were there, my daughter was asleep. It's phenomenal. But now, honestly, she was three, man. I, I, what was I thinking? Uh, but, but that's how we are, man. We pray. We ask God, God, would you do it? God, would you do it? God, would you do it? Then God does it. And you're like, oh, this is too much. God, would you open the door? God, would you open the door? But th this is too much. And maybe I'm thinking that sometimes some of the blessings and some of the things that come our way may be a test for what's to come. Maybe, say, maybe God says, you know what? I will open the door, and I want to see the response of your heart to an open door. I want to see the response of your heart to a blessing that I'm giving you. The people of God were, were just being blessed by God, but I think they did not pass the test. How you handle what he's giving you, I think that will determine what's coming. I'm just going to say that one more time. How you handle what he's giving you right now will determine what's to come. Say, I gave you the 1998 Toyota Corolla. Watch it. 
clean the trash, do, you know, change the oil. But if we are not good stewards with what God has already given us, how, how do we expect for him to give us more? If we complain, if we are not satisfied or unhappy, how can he do it? So today I have three things I want to share with you about how we can ensure that heaven is open in our lives, in the family of our lives, in the life of our families. Number one, stop the grumble. Stop the grumble. Stop complaining. Complain brings more complaint. If you're complaining, someone's going to get down and upset. I mean, this is just a practical thing too. You go to a store, you complain to the person, he's not going to be happy with you. I experienced something along those lines last night. But I won't talk about it right now. <laughs> I, was, I had a server who kind of judged me. We went to a steakhouse and adding order of steak. <laughs> and he legit looked at me and said, no steak? I said, no, man, I'm, I'm going to have the crab cakes. And he was, I saw the look of disappointment in his face. It, I, I still got, I got to pray God to change my heart about him. It was, it's phenomenal. Here's what the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Don't worry about what? Instead, do what? Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he's done. So in the position that we find ourselves where we are uh, beginning to generate some grumble in our hearts, we need to just thank God for what he's already done. God, would you open up my spiritual eyes so that I can see the things that you've already done in my life and I can be grateful for that and not be wanting and grumbling for what I don't have. That's the God that we serve. Exodus 16, chapter four, uh, 16, verse 4. Then the Lord said to Moses, this is after, and I skipped some, some, some verses there, but it's interesting because Moses says to the people of God, you're not complaining about me. I didn't do anything. You're complaining about God. So now I know if you guys have any complaints, I'm going to say, it's not me, man. It's God. So I, it's, it's biblical. It's right there. The Lord said to Moses, look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day, the people can go out and pick as much food as they need for that day. And he says, I will test them in this to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they will gather food and then they, they will prepare it and there will be twice as much as usual. This is how God does it. The, the things that God, God does are things that are unexplainable. He says, I'm going to rain down food from heaven. <sighs> Praise the Lord. I'm going to start asking my wife, baby, let's pray for manna. Because sometimes she don't want to cook and I don't want to cook. So if God made it rain, then it would be all good. But here's the thing. The people of God were... Not really understanding. I bet when Moses and Aaron told them this, they're like, man, what are you talking about? We're in the wilderness. We, we don't, we don't what, rain from heaven. But here's what it says in, ver, in verse 6 through 7. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, by evening you will realize it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you will see what? The glory of the Lord you will see the glory of the Lord here's what happens you you are maybe in the middle of the darkness the darkest part of your current situation 
You see no way out. You don't see how it's possible. They, they were hungry. They're in the wilderness. It's maybe a desert. They don't see any animals to kill. They don't see any, any provisions. And they're thinking there is no way that we can get what we need. And I don't know if you've ever been in a position where you're thinking there's no way that I can have what I need right now. But the God that we serve, the God that we serve, he's not, he's not scared of, of no material surround. He's not scared because he is the generator of all the supplies. It comes from him. It doesn't come from the world. It comes from him. So maybe you're in the darkest, in the darkest moment. But here's what I want to tell you. Point number two. Wait till the morning. Wait till the morning. Don't be nervous. If God already said it, he's going to do it. If he promised it, he's, he can't take it back. His word, when it leaves his mouth, even if it wasn't true before he said it, once he said it, it becomes the truth. So you pray and you wait. That's the strategy. Not what we want. Because what we want is we want to pray and we want to see. What we want is we want to press and download. What we want is we want to uh, call and, and be answered. What we want, you know, when I text somebody, it says silent mode or something, notify anyway. Yes, notify anyway. I want to text them right now. That's what we want. But the Lord says, pray and wait. That's the strategy. Pray and wait. Wait till the morning. The reality is this. When we are surrounded by people who are not able to open their eyes spiritually to what God is doing our spiritual eyes will also be hindered so we need to surround ourselves with people who are going in the same direction that we're going that doesn't mean that we're not going to uh, help a friend out we're going to do that as well but we need to surround ourselves with people who are going in the same direction who are able to see what God is doing it might be dark right now but you need to wait till the morning and in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord do you believe that with me you might be feel like you're drowning right now, but he's about to pull you out. He's about to pull you out. It might be dark right now, but it's not going to be dark forever. He's going to pull you out. He's about to turn on the light. He's about to shine his light over your life, over your children, over your household, over your job, over your situation. That is the God that we serve in this church. How many say amen? amen. Praise the Lord. And number three, as I wrap this message up, it comes from heaven. I'm going to say that one more time. Number three, it comes from heaven. If you know the story, the Bible says that Aaron spoke to the whole community of Israel and they looked toward the wilderness. There they could see the awesome glory of the Lord in the clouds. There. They were in the wilderness, in, in the worst situation that they could imagine themselves being. And from there, they looked. What did they do? They looked up to the clouds. And there they saw the awesome glory of the Lord. Now, my question to you is, where are you looking to? Where are you looking to? In your darkest moment, in the most difficult time, are you looking to the people? Are you looking to the politicians? Are you looking to your friends? Are you looking to, where are your eyes looking to? Or are you looking up at heaven? You can't find the glory of the Lord on Netflix. You can't be scrolling and stumble on the glory of the Lord. You got to be looking for the glory of the Lord. You got to be looking for the presence of God in your life. And, and for some of us in this place, it might be that we need to find a time where we're looking for God. 
Distractions are all around. The people of God, they were distracted by the wilderness. They were distracted by their, their hungry bellies. They were distracted by the fact that they were, they were used to for, for so many years, used to a certain living. And now God is pushing them beyond their, their comfort zone. God is pushing them to move forward out of slavery. And all of a sudden, they don't have what they think they need. But God is saying, look up in the sky. The glory of the Lord is in heaven. How many say amen? Hallelujah. You got to be looking for it. You got to be looking for it. Yeah. Because provision doesn't come for, from the world. It comes from God. If you know the story, the Bible says that in the evening, a vast number of quail flew and covered the camp. So God made it so that quail will come and cover the camp so that they can kill and eat. God gave him meat. And then something else miraculous happened. It says that in the morning, in the area surrounding the camp, it was wet with dew. And with the dew, and with the dew evaporated, a flaky substance as fine as frost blanketed, uh, fine as frost blanketed the, the ground. And the, the Israelites were puzzled by what they saw. Sometimes God starts doing things and you're like, what is going on? You got to let, let him do his thing. And all of a sudden it says that when, that when that substance dried up, it says they had no idea what it was. But Moses told them, this is the food that the Lord has given you. So God is going to provide in ways that are unexpected. Maybe you're expecting it to come from over here. And your eyes are over here. You're like, that's the job right there. That it is. I'm going there. That's it. I apply. I got the interview. It's coming. And the blessing of the Lord is over here on the clouds shouting at you, looking at you, saying, hey, I'm over here. I'm trying to bless you. And you're just looking at the job. You're looking towards the politicians. You're looking towards your, towards your friends. But God is saying, you got to look towards me because the blessing doesn't come from people. The blessing doesn't come from the job. The blessing doesn't come from the things that you do. It doesn't come from the opportunities. It doesn't come from your education. It doesn't come from your position. It comes from the Lord. The blessing comes from heaven. And we are here to receive the blessing that God has from us from heaven. What you need comes from heaven. Pastor Larry was just saying a few minutes ago, he's got what you need. 